It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're, we're, we're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Alex's arm, and the return of last year's co-host, Robin Lomberg. Yeah, yeah, and the kids go wild. All right, we're live now. It is January 23rd. It is got the club going up on a Tuesday. I'm just sending out all of the links so the Nets world can pull up and join us. Let's see who else we got in the chat. Ali, let's effing go. You're already. Ramon Castro, welcome back. Robin, only red ops 21 said fire. I saw a couple of people on Twitter. It was like big win getting Robin back into the fold. You already know. So, I mean, I told y'all I am. Uh, and, you know, first of all, let me start off. Props to Robin, who has three children. Uh, I don't think I'm going to make it there. I don't think I'm going to get to three. Having one is OD. It Having one. <laughs> it, it gets a little he easier. says it gets easier. Nah. In, a certain, in a certain sense. Because, you know, like with the first one, you think everything is going to like kill them or break them or something. Like after <laughs> so you get you get used to, all right, they're going to be fine. And then like when they get a little older, my, my two oldest are pretty self-sufficient now. So it's just big row that I have to worry about. <laughs> so you've got, you've got the confidence now. You just have the... Uh, I call it like, you know, second or third child bravery, I find. Some people that like, they have multiple kids. By the time they get to the third one, they're like, man, I done survived. I done seen it all, done it all. Yeah. Like, we're we're in the clear. We're all right. We're good to go. And the third one's just got to roll with everything, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's good to be back, man. Uh, uh, can I address the first comment that you threw up since we did throw it up on the screen, the pimp name Slipback? Slick, uh, slick back? You know, because to me – this is something that keeps going on on Nets Twitter in Nets world, the teardown and all that stuff. Every day. That's all fine. Day. If you want to fire Sean Marks and start over, totally reasonable, totally get it. But this idea of rebuilding on the fly, how exactly? You know, everybody keeps saying trade McK- like Mikhail Bridges to me is the only surefire keeper on the team. You know, he, he's the best player. He is on a team-friendly contract. He's not that old. And, and I'm not saying under no circumstances – would you trade him to get a treasure trove of assets back? But I, I will say this. It's very deceiving when you see, like, reports of four first-round picks. Because you know what that means? One, the team that's going to be trading for him is a good team. So they're not going to be giving you high-level first-round picks generally. And also, in today's day and age, you see a lot of first-round picks pr- protected. So do you want to trade Mikael Bridges for what amounts to four picks in 17, 18, 22, and 24 in the NBA draft to that, I would say no. Yeah. And I mean, they're not, no matter what we say as fans, they're not moving Mikel Bridges. Um, I just don't think that's in their plans at all. It's funny. We face the Knicks tonight because you hear Knicks fans every week, like, Hey, want to send us Mikel Bridges or the last year and a half um, or the last year. But I just think that the Nets see him as part of their future plans. Uh, Louis says not Cam Thomas. no, and man, what a what a pleasant sight it was Friday night for me to come home and watch a nationally televised game where I was shook, where I was like, man, we've been kind of ducking the national radar. We've been stuck in our misery here in Nets world, but it's quiet for us. Now we're on the national stage 
LeBron and AD, Austin Rivers, former Net, Torian Prince, former Net, D'Angelo Russell. Austin I'm thinking they're going to run us out of the uh, – out of the uh, – what I said? I said Austin Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Rivers is doing ESPN coverage now. You know I meant Austin Reeves. <laughs> um, that's funny, Austin, Austin Rivers now is full shirt and tie uh, analyst mode, and I think he's doing podcasts as well. But, yeah. So let's start there. Let's go back to Friday night because, I mean, that's all that's all the good that's really going to come out of <laughs> this podcast. Uh, going to the Lake Show, going to Crypto.com Arena. The Nets had lost four in a row. The Nets were on a losing streak where it's just like we were doing the, the podcast before and the title of the podcast was Go Ahead and Punt. Like they're finding ways to lose. Go Ahead and Punt. They were coming off just absolutely disappointing losses to the Trailblazers, right? Uh, DeAndre Ayton can't even get out of the iciness in Portland to get to the game. They give the Trailblazers their 11th win. Uh, They lose to the Miami Heat in overtime. They had lost to the Trailblazers in overtime a few days before that. They went to Paris. They gave us a mental health break for like four or five days without having to watch them play basketball. They go out there in Paris and lose. So, man. It was good to just watch a game where right away Cam Thomas, you know, you know these things, and I'll pass the mic. Cam Thomas is a Kobe guy. He he showed up on draft night with Kobe in his suit, right? Talking about how that's his favorite player. He just wants to honor him. He he wears 24 because of Kobe. I retweeted a clip from Yes Network where they said anytime he plays the Lakers, he wants to go crazy. Yeah. Think about watching your favorite team, watching them play on that court, and you get an opportunity to play on that court. You want to show out. So kudos to Cam being Cam and the Nets letting Cam be Cam and following up around him. Uh, go for it. We'll go around the horn. Alex yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, it. It just shows that, um, I mean, I agree to disagree, Robin. I personally think Cam Thomas is our best player because when Mikel Bridges is carrying the load as like the main ball handler. First of all, he's not a very good ball handler. I, I think we can agree there. But when he has the entire load on him, it sort of diminishes what he does on the defensive end because we all know how good he was in Phoenix uh, defensively. And this season, we really just haven't really seen it. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of Nets fans think he's still our best player. But um, when you take that away from him, Cam Thomas is better offensively, but when you when you balance it and you see Mikael Bridges as sort of like the number two or number three option when he was uh, in the Lakers game, he was he was really good. He was really solid. Um, and then you sort of move away from that, and we'll get into the Clippers game, unfortunately. But um, Mikael, like I, I obviously I, I wouldn't trade him because it's a bit you know we're, I wouldn't jump the gun. Um, four first round picks is very nice, like in terms of like the sound of it, but having Mikhail Bridges as a number three option on a championship championship team is good enough, but I would just, I would sell other players. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, I think a lot of contenders would like to use. I think Royce O'Neal, maybe I think I, I can't see both of them staying until after the deadline. Um, and then probably, and then Spencer Dinwiddie and all those rumors with D'Lo and Dejounte Murray probably being in that three-team trade. Um, I don't know who's going to come here. A lot of people think DeAndre Russell will come here. Um, that remains to be seen. But it's just that you know this team is this this. I mean, a lot of people are going to be like sell the team, whatever you know, get rid of everyone. Uh, a lot of you know panicking right now. But this is always going to be a transition year. Um, and we'll just see how or what, uh, you know, what direction we'll take uh, going into next season. Look, there doesn't need to be a Cam Thomas, Mikhail Bridges debate. It feels like the camps are against sure. at yeah. times. But I'll say this. Mikhail Bridges is the better player. I mean, I don't think he's the better player. I know he's the better player. He's the one guy on this team that I believe could start on a championship team right now. That's not a diss to Cam, who has shown flashes. But when you you factor in, Mikhail's been one of the best clutch shooters in the entire league this season. He's asked to do almost everything for this team. He's still producing at a, at a pretty strong level. And yeah, the defense is always going to take a hit when you're, you're asked to do more of an offensive load. 
But this is a team with no on-ball creation whatsoever. That's what they seriously lack. That's why you see them linked to Murray in trade rumors. It's why the, we can't escape the name Ben Simmons because as much as he's, he's more of a hypothetical player than he is an actual basketball player, he, he is a point-of-attack guy as far as having the ball in his hand and setting other people up. They haven't had that all year. Cam Thomas has not proven himself reliable in the clutch. He hasn't proven himself as a defender. He hasn't proven himself as a, a sharer of the basketball or any of those things. I think Cam needs to play more. Don't get me wrong. Like, Cam is too talented relative to the rest of the team to be put on a leash. But just because he's had these flashes of big scoring games doesn't make him a better all-around player than Mikael Bridges, who proved it on Phoenix teams that won 60-something games, who proved it for Phoenix last year when Devin Booker was out of the lineup and he stepped up, who proved it for an extended stretch with the Nets when he first came here last year, and who proved it this year as being like this idea that just because he's not going to probably be the number one option on a championship team makes him some sort of scrub is ridiculous. He There's a reason Nick's, Nick's fans is a perfect example. Keith brought it up. Nick's fans keep going, trade us McHale, trade us. You think they'd be saying that if they didn't think he was good? They're saying that because they know he's good. He's the only guy on this team that every team could use. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well said. I mean, in this NBA, like look at last night. <laughs> and B goes for 70, but then Carl Anthony Towns goes for 62 and he's on the bench. In this NBA, fans look at scores. They look at scoring. Players look at scoring. Player, players want to have the highest score. They want to be talked about. KD in, in the um, press conference, 70 shit, like. You know, so when you look at a Cam Thomas and his scoring ability, he gets buckets. So everybody's like, that's the best player on the team. Let him cook. He should be starting. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it with the Nets uh, wanting him to come off the bench. <clears throat> uh, he's still, you know, um, breaking records and setting records for bench scoring. But here's the box score from uh, Friday night. So I'm glad we killed the narrative. And, and I hope there are more games that kill, kill the narrative that, Whenever Cam Thomas goes off, the Nets lose. As I'm live tweeting the game and watching the game, I'm like, oh, he's going for 30 tonight. Must win. Have to lock it down. Can't have a collapse. Must close. I mean, they waited for the second game in Staples Center to do that or Crypto.com Arena. I'm never going to call it Crypto.com Arena. I don't know if you guys have made that adjustment yet. I'm a Kobe guy, too. It's the house that Kobe built. It's the Staples Center. Crypto.com Arena. That's a dumbass name. But anyway, um, when we're looking at the rest of the team, and you mentioned Kale, Mikael Bridges. I mean, Mikael Bridges is still going to chip in his 17 points, play his minutes. Uh, what I thought about Nick Claxton that night against AD, I'm proud of, uh, of Claxton. He had 14 rebounds. He wasn't going to let AD just body him. He wasn't going to be on national TV letting AD completely steal the show. Um, man, it's good to have a guy like Lonnie Walker, the fourth back. Lonnie Walker, who obviously played for the Nets last year, came in clutch, came in valuable at times. And Spencer Dinwiddie, who all we're hearing about Spencer Dinwiddie, I don't know I don't know what you believe or who to believe, right? He's not going to get an extension. He's going to get traded. He's been phased out. He's not playing hard. Um, that's not Spencer Dinwiddie. He's always played hard. He's not quitting on the team. Oh, he quit on the team. He was on the bench in the fourth quarter over time. Now he's playing and late in the game. Whatever. Spencer is a veteran. And as this team is currently constructed without BS, Ben Simmons, who is just mostly BS, you need a, a, a guy like Spencer to chip in. And Spencer also is from out that way. Going back to Cali, you knew he was going to show up. Dennis Smith Jr. playing with a chip on his shoulder as well. That was a pride win. That was that was the win. I was on uh, New York Post Sports, and I think they had me on before uh, the OKC game. And uh, I think the Nets won that one at home for pride. And I'm like, you, you can't lose every damn game they find ways to lose they got to come out with the right energy and find a way to win and they did so closing thoughts on the lakers win before we move on to the clippers collapse 
anybody going once. Um, so, I mean, uh, I just saw a comment from Pinning Sobek. Uh, I, I I guess I, I'll, I'll start and then I'll pass it to Robin. Um, what's the next, direc uh, next direction? Um, yeah, I mean, now, well, we just heard the trade earlier today where Terry Rozier is going to the Heat and the Heat giving up a first-round pick. <clears throat> I think that will probably even more so not let Donovan Mitchell go to the Heat, which makes us the front runner, which is weird because Cleveland's been fantastic the past few weeks. Like they, They're on an eight-game winning streak. Jared Allen's playing like an all-star again. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is clearly going to be an all-star again. Um, I don't know why he would want to leave, but it seems like sort of like the worst-kept secret of the league that he's going to leave next season. Um, I, I, I just – I don't know. <laughs> like it's just – I don't know what the Nets mentality is because Keith and I, we talked about it last time. I don't know if we're going to be buyers or sellers. I just want us to choose one side and just not be stuck. Um, I just like to see us go for a DeJounte Murray, maybe to flip to Spencer Dinwiddie, who's on an expiring deal. And you have like three guys where you just don't know what's going to happen with it. Like, would you like Robin, would you re-sign Nick Claxton? Would you, Resign Dinwiddie or Royce O'Neal if they stay. Like, what, what? What would you think? Well, I think anybody who's on an expiring deal is a possibility to be moved. That includes Claxton. Uh, you know, Claxton has his flashes, and and I've seen more of him like take the ball to the bucket recently, which is which is a good sign. You've seen more of him try to put up those little flip shots, even extend to a jump shot range. But then there's often those games where he feels physically invisible too, where you're like, oh, we missed Dayron Sharp of all people just because of that physicality. So. I, I don't think uh, Claxton is untouchable because of that contract status. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him dealt. I think it's almost a foregone conclusion Dinwiddie is dealt. I think it's almost a foregone conclusion either Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal is dealt. And that's how you acquire some draft capital, right, in the meantime. But I think if – if look, the Nets are not – no one's saying the Nets are in a great spot really because their assets don't come in until the future. You know, those Suns picks are the big chips – down the road but if i had to guess instead of just like rashly going oh we have to rebuild we have to rebuild trade everybody for what you know like bridges i'm not saying there's no circumstance where i would trade bridges but when you again those four first round picture here are a little fugazi fugazi how do you say that they're a little fugazi, fugazi because they're going to be protected or they're going to be from a good team so i think it you have to like almost like men in black the, the word championship away from your head because it, it's been ingrained when the <laughs> era and everything Champion. like that. I was I, in I, middle school going into high school last time the Nets were in the but, championship conversation. So, what I think they have to do is continue to get better. And eventually maybe you put yourself in, in a championship mix if that's the case. But I'd much rather watch a competitive playoff basketball team than what we're seeing right now. So I think if I had to guess what their plan A is, they're going to – move those players around the margins for draft capital. They're going to go in for a player. We'll use DeJounte Murray as the example because he's been the most mentioned guy. They're going to go in for a player like that at the cost of Dinwiddie, a first, maybe a protected first or two seconds. Then eventually they're going to push all the chips or all the, you know, empty the cupboard for that next, let's say it's Donovan Mitchell because these are just the names that are brought up that's the easiest example so you go for DeJounte Murray now, you go for Donovan Mitchell in the offseason, and then your 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 core is Mitchell, Bridges, and Murray, and you build around that. I think that is the kind of mentality that the team probably has because what they put out with Brian Lewis in the post and the like is they're not going to just sell off all their parts and go for a full rebuild. And, and by the way, I don't think that's stupid because they don't have their own pick this year. Unless right. your, your, your plan is to just go to bottom out next year. You don't have your own pick this year. And I don't think the stuff that you would get in return for your best players is equal to your best players. Especially because it's not like Mikhail Bridges is 35 years old. You know, the, the idea that all of a sudden he's going to be finished. I mean, he could play for the next 8 to 10 years. He's an Ironman. The guy plays every day. Football. Yeah, and so and, and plans on playing for years to come. No, I'm right there with you, Robin. The whole thing I've been saying this year is like I felt like there was the absence of a plan. So if now it seems like there is a plan where they're thinking down the road about like, okay, we're not actually going to just blow this entire thing up because we do have forward vision. We do have a plan for when those picks kick in, and 
it is what it is. This is, I don't want to say this is a lost season, but this is a season that we all understand, right? When the trade deadline <laughs> happened last year and the two superstars that were here hit the detonate button, like you don't know what is going to come back in a trade for those guys. 7-Eleven dipped. Okay, we got a, dip, a bunch of different pieces back. I felt like they went into this season with a flawed plan, right? They signed Jacques Vaughn to an extension last year while he was coaching the superstars. Then you come into this year, the only superstar you have left is BS, Ben Simmons. You can't bank on him, but for some reason, they did so much so that players were on podcasts talking about how he affects the game and how they can run their offense and what they could do with him. I don't know why anyone bought stock in that. But then when I also looked at the pieces, right, I felt like they, they made a move with Kyrie to get uh, DFS and, you know, add him to this team. And then they also made a move with um, uh, with to get Mikhail and to get Cam Johnson on this team. But I felt like they weren't thinking about putting those pieces together. The original thought, and I've said this 100 times, is they were thinking KD was going to stay. KD signed his extension. They were trying to get pieces to play around KD. And then KD's like, yo, don't forget about me. I requested a trade in the summer. I'm trying to get up out of here, too. Send me to Phoenix. So whatever. They did that. All right. Um, before we move on to the Clippers game. And now, like, I feel like the trade deadline is, is like two weeks away at this point. The trade deadline is – it is. It's two weeks from Thursday. Um, so things should be happening soon. But before we move on, I see our guy Joel is in the chat. Joel says, yo, good to see Robin. You know how I've put out there, hey, if you guys want to be a part of Talking Nets, you want to do something for Talking Nets, do what you do. Well, speaking of that, we have our first fan appreciation post. Joel worked on these. And since we have Robin on the show, perfect time to feature this. Shout out to the Nets fans still pulling up. This Nets world has been built. And I'll see you guys at Barclays Center tonight. Robin Lumberg says, so I started in New York sports talk radio as a huge NBA head. But without a team growing up, ESPN New York didn't really talk much about basketball at the time, so I lobbied for more coverage of the Knicks. I even campaigned for LeBron James to sign there and rationalized Isaiah Thomas's moves and Eddie Curry. But eventually, post-Lin Sanity, I was rubbed the wrong way by some things when the Nets were moving to Brooklyn with my favorite musical artist serving as the mascot, and I started to really hype the rivalry and hope both teams would do well. However, I found myself really vibing with the gear and the direction of the franchise at the time. This is before the big signings. And since I had kids and didn't have a squad, I thought it was time to take the dive. So I went all in on the Nets, eventually campaigning for KD and everything. And once you make the leap, there's no going back. So it's Nets world for me. Shout out to Robin. Appreciate Robin pulling back up. I uh, didn't mean to make myself the solo. I'm trying to get Robin's solo big so Robin can uh, speak to the Nets world. Thanks for coming back to talking Nets. Robin, you have the floor. Yeah, no, look, I, I appreciate the, the Nets community. It's a lot stronger than, than people realize, and I think it has grown. And, and if there is one lasting thing from the, the big three era, or more specifically the 7-Eleven era, it legitimized the franchise. In a way, and now I feel like I'm sort of earning my stripes a bit to go through this part of the process because this is not, you know, I, I campaigned for KD to sign there, and then all of a sudden he signed there. I mean, I remember being in the gym, like the Nets are pulling off the 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 clean sweep and and all that, and it was like, yeah. And then you know, obviously the back and forth with Knicks fans went on, and and credit to the Knicks, they've done a good job. They've been well run in recent years. They have a good basketball team. I've got nothing negative to say about the Knicks. But that doesn't mean all hope has to be lost for the Nets. And, and again, everybody that's saying that, you know, they have to blow it up and explode and they, they're not, they can't get these superstars, their best chance at superstar draft picks aren't until those Phoenix picks. Like, that's really going to be their best chance at real lottery-level talent. So in the meantime, you know, it, it's not either championship or the number one pick in the draft. There's a lot more to be happy about and, and root about. I mean, if you go to that team before they signed KD and Kyrie, a lot of people had fun watching that team. If the, yeah. the Nets were good enough next year to, even this year, to get into the playoffs and play a playoff series, and then next year get into the second round, and, and you, you can talk yourself into them and convince your, yourself um, why you're tuning into every game. I mean, that part of the things matter too because it can't just be about one end goal. Only one team wins the championship 
at the end. Of course, that's where you want to position yourself. But it's it, it, not every team. You know, the, the Bucs didn't know they were going to get Giannis where they got Giannis. Think about where the Bucs picked Giannis. You know, that sort Jokic. of stuff happened. Jokic, <laughs> same sort of thing. So maybe that happens too. Marks has been good actually identifying talent where he's drafted it. In the meantime, you have to build the best roster you possibly can. And trading your best player for late picks that may or may not ever become anything doesn't make me feel any better, to be honest with you. It makes me feel worse. I'd rather see, you know, when I say Mikael Bridges is a building block and people go, oh, he's proven himself not to be a number one. It doesn't mean he's not a building block. He's still a foundational piece for a team. And he's the only one I'm sure about on the team. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well said. Okay, so right now, um, I mean, there's a bunch going on in the chat. We do have some breaking news, and I think it was written in the chat. Let me see where. Yeah, so I just saw it on uh, Twitter. Shams just tweeted that Adrian Griffin just got fired from the Milwaukee Bucks, um, which is <laughs> shocking because he just he just joined there. Yeah, uh, but during the well, offseason, and the Bucks have been fine. I think they've been fine. They're they're the two seed. I they, there must have been some sort of falling out. I did see. Um, last night, oh, and then wow, Doc Rivers is a serious candidate becoming the next coach for the Bucks. Yeah, taking him out right out of the booth and back onto the court. That, so, that is a terrible decision, in my opinion. But listen, like J- JQ says, Adrian Griffin gets released, but but Vaughn still has a job. Yes, think about the difference in the franchises. Who runs the Milwaukee Bucks franchise? Giannis. Right, you have a superstar in Giannis. Also, they added Dame. Didn't Giannis just say something about they got to fire the equipment managers or they need to they need to like check everybody? Right. Um, basically, he was alluding to like, hey, something is not right here. Something's not working here. And when you have a guy like Giannis, and if Dame seconds it, he's gone. Now here in Brooklyn, that's not the case because I told y'all last episode, and I remember pulling up the quote that Joe Joe Sy came out against KD to support Sean Marks and I think Steve Nash like to support his guys, to support his people. They're not letting the players run the show anymore. In other places, they do that. And that is partly how we got into this mess. You sold your soul to the superstars, but you don't want to acquiesce. You don't want to do what the superstars want you to do. That creates a fracture in your entire existence. They're going to say, I'm out. I'm going somewhere else. So, um, you know, that kind of brought all that full circle. Let's see. Appreciate y'all donating. Robin comes through. They throwing money in the chat. I think we saw, uh, let's see, your highness. It sounds like the Nets long game is to sell hope and lies on a foundation. So the D will KG Nets been there, done that. I, I, I was there too. And that's what Robin was talking about. There were fans pulling up the Barclays center. That's why I say this Nets world has been built. I watched it change. The Rockets picks are sunk costs. You get picks and young players and you can rebuild in two and three years. That's always take an easy path. Can't stand this team. Uh, one Bundy writes that in the chat and uh, another chat. Robin, respectfully, the D-Lo Nets were fun because it was a young core with a direction. D-Mitch is also going to cost us the 27 and 29 Suns picks. Um, I, I mean, I know people had fun with that team, but I always go back to saying, what did they do? What did they win? They went down to Philly. They won one playoff game, and they got the gentleman sweep. I guess that's better than the last three out of four years getting swept out of the bubble, getting swept by the Celtics, being swept by the Sixers. But all you guys just love them because they were dancing on the bench, and Jared Dudley was stepping up the Ben Simmons, and uh, D'Lo had ice in his veins, you know? Yeah, and look, that team – what was the direction? Because as soon as they got a chance, they signed KD and Kyrie. Blown up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a direction. And for everybody who's saying – Kenny Atkinson got shown the door. Who are these young players and draft picks you speak of? I agree that the Rockets pick this year is a sunk cost. I understand. So if, if all of a sudden you were to tell me that the Nets were guaranteed a top three pick in this year's draft based off of some sort of trade, okay. 
maybe change course, change direction. But even if you are, let's say they do push those Suns picks into the middle of the, the table for Donovan Mitchell. And let's say they trade for DeJounte Murray. Again, this is just, these are the names that are out there. So it's the easiest thought experiment to present. So you have Mikhail, Murray, and Mitchell as your core. Is that team winning a championship? Unlikely. But is that team going to be fun to watch? Yes. And at this point, I'll, I'll take that. They're fun to watch until that team runs through its expiration date. Then that's when you tank and rebuild and get those draft picks. When that team runs out naturally and you have your own picks back and control of your own draft. Right now, what they have is other teams' draft picks as possible trade chips and not control of their own draft. So they are stuck in a bit of purgatory. That's why it feels directionless because it's hard to just pick a direction because it's easy to say, just sell off and rebuild. But for what? You're going to sell off and rebuild for middling assets? I'd rather retool for a pretty good team in the meantime to eventually rebuild rather than the, the hoping for a possible rebuild and having a sucky team that you can't rebuild with. Yeah, I, I think uh, Sean Marks is in the chat agreeing. Because, like, okay, so Luis says there was a direction because the plan was to have KD, Kyrie, Levert, Allen, Din. That was probably the best team we had. That wasn't a, a plan or direction. Like, if that they were they were freestyling because didn't they trade Levert and Allen pretty quickly into that season when we saw Fat Harden, right? They were like, oh, well, we got opportunity to create a big three. We can move on from our homegrown core. And Dinwiddie was hurt that year. So, like, nah, I just I, – I think – what, I, what I'm trying to say is uh, now I think Sean Marks has learned from his years of being GM. I think I saw a stat today that out of the – I think Bobby Marks put this up, that out of the 31 trades he's made, he's made 11 in season. Like, you should be learning in any facet of business, uh, anything you do, you should learn from past mistakes. You should learn from past successes. You should be, like, stacking all of those things so you know what to do in the future. A lot of us liken this season and this team to the Kenny Atkinson last year with, uh, you know, with the guys dancing around and D'Lo and, and that squad had, I don't know, Damari Carroll on it or some shit. Like, this is not that. And I think that Sean Marks has somewhat of a plan and vision. We're just not seeing it because we're, we're losing and it's not working. And the current team on the floor, most nights were like, this isn't a fit. What kind of plan is this? What is Jacques Vaughn doing? At least... And this is a segue into the next game that we're going to talk about, and then we'll move on to voicemails and close this thing. At least they did find some kind of identity, some kind of spark, some kind of scoring like energy in L.A. Going out to Cali helps, man. You get that Cali air in you, you start to feel differently about things. And uh, they figured it out against Braun and shut down Braun. But then when uh, it came time, to battle the Clippers, I'll get this out of the way. That game, and I'm glad I didn't bet that game because I was betting all the NFL games, and the Clippers were nine-and-a-half-point favorites. They won 125 to 114. They covered and had a, a point and a half. The Nets used to be called Clippers East. There used to be a running joke about the lack of Nets fans and also being little brother to the other team in, in town. The Knicks, the When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lakers, that's not the case anymore. The Lakers are building, or the Clippers are building themselves a big-ass arena, um, not where the Lakers play. They actually have fans. I, I tuned in to watch the end of that game. I did not watch the beginning because when I was just checking the score, I'm like, let's go Nets. All right, we found something. Look, at they started off that game 16-0. I'm like, all right, they mean business. The Clippers have been playing like the best team in the NBA. The Clippers were 18-4 and four from December 1st on. And I guess it was a Sunday hangover. I guess they were partying the night before in L.A. No more parties in L.A. The Clippers were asleep at the wheel. The Nets came out lighting it up. Bridges shooting it. Dinwiddie shooting it. Cam shooting it. 
But then all of a sudden, late in that game, I, I don't know what the hell happened. This is where I look at Jacques Vaughn like, what do you do? What like affect the game? Call timeout. He had a good timeout in the Lakers game. I felt like I forget what the score was when momentum started to shift. And he was like, 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 yeah, like slow it down. But we just all were bystanders, and he was a bystander to watch Kawhi go off. Kawhi scores 14 points in the last five minutes. The Clippers went on a 22-0 and run to end the game. The Nets were up 12 at half. They had an 18-point lead at one point. And by the last two, three minutes of the game, you felt another loss coming. Talking about finding ways to lose, they found a way to lose that game. The Clippers didn't score a bucket until 7.22 left in the first. That's all I got to say about that Clippers game. They actually have fans. They're showing Steve Ballmer. You could hear the fans in the arena as they were, like, getting into it as Kawhi was going. And that's a team with four future Hall of Famers in Kawhi, Westbrook, Paul George, and Harden. We got the best out of them very early, right, when Harden just got on the team. We almost had them a second time, but that shows you. The Nets still lack a closer. Kawhi closed them out, and Kawhi was sick the day before. The Nets still lack an actual closer and a head coach that can realize what's going on. Ty Lue knew what was going on, realize what's going on, stop the bleeding, and try and call timeout, draw something up, figure something out with these guys, the rotations, whatever, to not lose a game like that on the road, and now you come back home to face the Knicks. Alex, go for it. Your turn. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that was a fireball offense from uh, Jock Vaughn because I don't know if you have a screenshot of it, but in the post game, he's just like he's like this and he's smiling after blowing a twenty like going twenty two and zero, ending the game on twenty two zero run, and it, it feels like he has no accountability. That makes me feel like he he knows his job is safe um, because <laughs> Sean Marks is comfortable. Gonna, yeah, is Sean Marks going to be comfortable with him? And he's going to – I already know that at the end of the season or uh, at the end of the season uh, interviews, um, Sean Marks will say, you know, we dealt with injuries. We didn't give Jacques Vaughn a good chance. Um, and he's going to come up with excuses to why Jacques Vaughn will probably be the coach for next season, which I disagree with. I don't think he should be. I think there is a few. Well, now Adrian Griffin's available. Why not go for him? Uh, <laughs> and there's going to be so, more guys available by the time this season's over. Uh, better, that better that uh, that Clippers loss um, remind me. I don't know if you guys remember it. It's a I, it popped into my head when Keith was talking about it. But there was a time we were down, or sorry, we were up by twenty in the eighteen nineteen season. Yeah, there it is. Like, does that not annoy you guys? Like, it it, it does to me because. You don't. You shouldn't be smiling when you are the reason why we lost. And he doesn't feel like he is the reason. And and like even Mikael Bridges said it. Like he said that uh, the Clippers redded us. They kept switching, and they kept. You know they were. Uh, we we didn't know what to do on offense. We were just going ISO, and that's just a failure. That's just a um, recipe for failure. But um, that that game remind me of the eighteen nineteen season. I, I it, because Paul George. And Russell Westbrook was on that team. We lost to OKC when we were up by 20. And then Paul George had a dagger three at, uh, in the Barkley Center. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that game, but that sort of like – that sort of like uh, – it was very similar. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just that, – that the one thing that I know for a fact cannot happen, whether – like for buyer, if we become buyers, sure, go for it. We'll become a fun team. We'll become – uh, probably a playoff team. We won't become title contenders, like Robin mentioned. Like you know, if you go for those two players, like uh, uh, that were linked to Donovan Mitchell and Dejounte Murray, we'll be a fun team. We'll be a good team, but we'll probably be in around the five or six spot, which is like nothing to be ashamed of. But we'll be a good, maybe make the uh, second round or something. But uh, we can also go the rebuild route. We can keep all the young players that we already have on our team. Go for the draft route. Uh, either way, that's fine. But all I know is that that guy cannot be there for either one. Because you know, I was thinking, I, Alex, I, I'm like yeah. looking at his face being out there in Cali. He might have ate one of them edible gummies in the fourth quarter, thinking it was sweet. He popped one of them edible gummies. Like we got this in the bag. Forgot he was coaching the damn game. 
you don't got to be in Cali for that. You can be in Jersey or any bodega. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's legal <laughs> over here. Now. But I would hope I would hope he didn't fly on the plane with his own pack. <laughs> Look, I like I like Jacques Vaughn. It seems like a good guy. Obviously, has not been a great season for him. I think the organization has shown a little patience, actually. I mean, part of it would be you don't want to admit your own mistake. But that the head coach is also always the easiest fall guy. It's always the first person to go. The team's problems are a little bit, you know, I think number one, they need a point guard. Or, you know, closer point, whatever you want to say. Like, Mikhail's done a very good job. How many times has Mikhail hit a game winner or sent a game to overtime or hit a bu- big bucket down the stretch of games? He I mean, does, he, yeah. He, he's been he one it. of the most clutch players in the league this season. They need a guy who can create with the ball in his hands consistently and impact the game in other ways. They do not have that. You know, you, Ben Simmons was there for a second, but even at the end of games, you can't trust him, even if he's on the court, because he can't shoot or create for himself. That's what this team, you know, when Dinwiddie wasn't doing anything is when they were look like the worst team in the league. Now that he's produced again to his level, they look like a, a middle-of-the-pack team again. What they need is a bona fide on-ball creator, and that would change a lot of things. It's not elevating them to championship status, but it's it's addressing the bulk of their issues, I do believe. Robin, I know you got to run. Um, just let us know and uh, go do your thing. So we're we're gonna hit this Ben Simmons conversation. Robin just mentioned, and I've been saying this all season. When you plan on Ben Simmons running point or even just being available, and you kind of look around and like that's just a mistake. Um, Ben Simmons, uh, as we look at this graphic here. Um, Jay from BK said, there have been no setbacks, public or private. Today is January 23rd. Will Ben 10 be back tonight? And then he quote tweets the Brooklyn Banter podcast, which said, hearing Ben Simmons, barring any setbacks, will be back by January 23rd game versus the Knicks. Um, I, I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't count on it. I, I wouldn't count on it. Um, so... <laughs> If that is actually going to happen, I think we would – it's 3 o'clock. The game starts at 7.30. We would get some kind of update soon on uh, – I think know. he was listed as out on the injury report. So I don't think Ben yeah, he was. is coming back. But the, yeah, the problem playing. is Ben's also the highest paid player on the team. So roster construction suffers a little bit. They said you was at the game. What, what oh, happened? So, so I'm about to uh, – I didn't. that just plays on his own. But before Robin goes, we got to get a laugh. We got to get a, a little Ben Simmons chuckle in because that's all he's adding. Uh, Gucci, Louie, Fendi, Prada. My boy be dressing to the nines. He's a whole Instagram model on the sidelines. Um, finish your thought, Robin. I know you got to run, but then we're going to yeah. get a laugh at Cameron talking about I mean, I, I see Cameron and O.J. Simpson and Mason, the same three box, so I'm already <laughs> sort of laughing. Um, yeah, last thought is, look, I, I have to – you have to treat Ben for what he is, right? Like, he's an albatross. He is um, not reliable. Even when he's on the court, he's not reliable in certain situations. With that <laughs> said, it behooves us to hope for the best with Ben because, you know – We're paying him. He's on yeah. our roster. And if he comes – he was – it's not like he was playing bad at the beginning of the season, to be honest. Like, he was playing He's just allergic good. to the rim. That's what I said. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing pretty good. So you got to hope for the best with Ben and expect nothing. That's that's the way I look at it. Um, good well, to be back with you guys again. Keith, I'm going to talk to you on uh, WFAN tomorrow. Yes, sir. I look forward to you being on WFAN with me around 8, maybe a little earlier. I'm going to open up and I want to go right to you. So maybe like 7.30, 7.45. We get you on, Robin. Uh, keep doing your thing. I've always been a fan. Thanks for pulling back up to Talking Nets, and we'll talk soon. All right, guys. Have a good one. Later. All right. Without further ado, some more BS. But this time, BS is the subject of It Is What It Is with Cameron and Mace. You got to listen to this, yo. <laughs> Cameron and Mace. Why Mace sound like uh, Patrick Mahomes low-key? Ben Simmons run down on you? Talking about light skin niggas. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, yo, man. Australia, I got a call. They say your kid like Ben Simmons. No, he's from Australia, right? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> out. Nah, you know, so nah, so the game is over. The game, so I was at the Laker game, the game was over. And um, 
Shout out to my man Jeremy over there at UTA. You know he had to go to the um, uh, Sundance uh, Awards Film Festival. So yeah, so he gave me. Cam was at the game, game Friday shout night. Shout out to the, the game, game is over. Shout out to LeBron. Too. I seen Bron, Rich Paul. Shout out to the crew, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and the rest of the boys. I seen them in there too. And um, Ben Simmons didn't even play. I forgot Ben Simmons plays basketball. I was bugging. I was like, damn, this nigga's still in the NBA. I was kind of bugging off the shit. I, I forgot. That word the mother. Word the mother. Like, oh shit, Ben Simmons played. I forgot this nigga plays basketball. More of the story is the game is over and I'm walking towards him. And so you know how you going towards the locker room, like VIP entrance. And um, he's standing there and I'm trying to get through the shit. And I'm like, he's looking at me and I'm like, I don't want to have an ice grill contest with Ben Simmons because this is just this is just stupid. You know what I'm saying? So he's looking, so I'm looking at him, he's looking at me. Now I'm looking like, this isn't gonna go good because I'm gonna go crazy, my nigga. Like, you know, it's too many cameras around. That Draymond footage on uh John Poole, never, never. Before you get that, loose chairs gonna be flying. I'm gonna go straight for your knees or type of shit. So he looks and comes my way and just walks past me, and I'm like. Why would you play these games with me, yo? Just say, <laughs> if you don't like what I say, I'd rather a nigga just be like, yo, Cam, I wasn't feeling that shit. You don't understand. I'm really hurt. I'm really going through something. Those ain't the games to play and live in New York at the same time. That, mm. They just not, and that's not a threat. I'm just saying. They, don't, that's the wrong games. I buy all the seats, buy every damn ticket behind the Nets fucking bench. VIP. Stop playing games, B. I just got back in. I wouldn't fuck up my, uh, my homie Jeremy's tickets. I would, cause you know that's the next thing, murder. Cam went in there and wowed out. Now we, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the nigga niggas, <laughs> you know, nigga niggas. So, listen, Ben Simmons. In case we see each other again, just say the truth. Come like, to you know the game saying? tonight. So I just say I don't give a fuck, and then we can keep it moving. All these eye games. That's not. That's not it, B. Not it. Not especially when you're six ten. I'm going for your knees, pause, and then I'm buying season tickets to the next game. That's that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. <laughs> All right, y'all can check the rest out on uh, It Is What It Is YouTube. But damn, Ben, you got beef with Killer Cam, yeah, Killer Cam, yeah, Killer Cam, Killer Cam, yeah, Killer Cam, Cam, Killer. Yeah, Luis says he'll be there tonight. How funny would that shit be if he actually did buy those VIP tickets right behind the Nets bench <laughs> and just talk shit to Ben? Ben ain't going to play. He ain't going to do nothing. Cameron and Murder Mace. Yeah, Cam Cam is a New York high school basketball legend. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, break up the uh basketball talk and the Ben Simmons talk by throwing that in. Look at look at what Ben Simmons doing. He ain't playing, but he's ice grilling Cameron out in LA. And Cameron has something to say. <laughs> he straight up told him, These aren't the games to be playing when you live in New York. I'll send somebody by to check you out. All right, so. Before we wrap up, I think we only have one voicemail. Shout out to Greg. Um, I got your voicemail. We'll run it. We are continuing with the fan appreciation. Shout out to Joel, who's in the chat, who uh, reached out and said, hey, I got um, you know, something that I want to do for you guys to highlight you know, the Nets fans in what's been a tough season. But the biggest thing that we do have is our fan base. We do exist. They do exist. There are Nets fans. And we actually are visible. And uh, I want to highlight the next guy. I don't know if he's still in the chat. I hope he is. We obviously started off with Robin. Robin was nice enough to join us and come back to the show. Here's a guy, the Brooklyn kid himself, who's almost always in the talking Nets chat supporting. Let's highlight my guy, Will Simmons, next. Will, if you're in the chat, stand up. Will Simmons says, I became a Nets fan because of Benoit Benjamin. In NBA Live 95 on Sega Genesis. Wow, that's way back. I don't remember that. My first ever game I went to was with my dad at the Brendan Burns Arena. We sat in the upper deck. I remember Sean Bradley making a full court shot. After that, 
I was locked in. Shout out to Will. Y'all usually see Will in the chat. He probably had to bounce. But uh, we're going to keep rolling out fan appreciation. Um, hit up Joel if you want to be featured. Our world, Nets world. This Nets world has been built. Let's play uh, the voicemail. Alex, I'll let you get your comments in on uh, Ben Simmons, Cameron, uh, May sounding like Patrick Mahomes, um, fan appreciation, Robin, whatever you want to say while I queue up these voicemails. Uh, <clears throat> I I don't really care about Ben Simmons. Uh, I, I that was just like a funny story that, but it was kind of like a non like like it's like a haha. But let's just move on after that. Um, but um, I actually think that I there was a comment talking about Sean Marks. I, I I'm not sure if I can find it, but a shout out to Will. Will Will was here. Will was here. Shout out to Will. Shout out to Will. Yeah. So what find the comment, Alex, and go ahead and throw it up there. Yeah, it was it was someone basically saying how like Sean Marks needs to, you know, either leave or oh yeah, here here. Um I love what Sean Marks has done, but maybe it's time for a fresh face at the GMC. The thing is, <clears throat> he has he actually will not have learned if he does become a buyer this trade deadline or even next trade deadline. Because I always brought, I always bring it up. The best way to win a championship is through homegrown players and to yeah. build build off draft players, like you, the players that you've drafted yourself. And we only have two, like realistically, two players from our own draft class, which is Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton. And we have those Suns picks. Like whether it doesn't really matter whose picks it is, but as long as you have like draft those players yourself, those are homegrown players. And I just think if we become buyers, Sean Marks will not have learned because he tried to go all out, you know, for KD, Kyrie, and the free agency and trade, you know, trade our homegrown players for James Harden. And look, I wanted that to happen. I I was for it. I was absolutely for it. I would do it again. Um, but like Dr. Strange, you know, 14 million possibilities in that one where everyone gets hurt, we don't win the championship and that potential dynasty gets ruined and everyone's gone within a year. Um, so I don't want that. I don't want Sean Marks to think that trading for star players like DeJounte Murray or Donovan Mitchell or both should be the answer because I don't think it is because it's just getting rid of all our draft capital once again. And we'll be stuck in the same spot. So I, I think we should actually be patient. And I wouldn't even be surprised if we have a transition year next season again. I just think we should just sell the players that are on expiring deals this season, like Russell Neal, Spencer, Dinwiddie, um, to title contenders. I, I, I think I the, the I think the best way to go about it is to sell Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal for probably, I think, combined – two first round picks maybe three i'd be happy with that um and and then maybe dinwiddie as well but i i would i would keep claxton i think this is my last probably the last thing i'll say probably until after a trade deadline in terms of like the team construction um i, I think it would be i think it would be another like the same same path we would go to if we were to become buyers unfortunately yo what's up this is greg h now, this is Greg Hurdle. So big respect to Keith. Big respect to Alex. Talking Nets. Hey, long story short, changes will come. I believe change will come. And we all know for Nets fans that we want Jacques Vaughn gone, Sean Marks gone, and Joe Sykes sell the team. So I, here's what I recommend for the Nets fans, for us Nets fans. For some who go into the Barclays Center for the last few games home at home for the regular season, Bring signs, chant out, uh, sell the team, sell the team, <laughs> or fire JV if they're still around. I mean, changes is coming going into the offseason. Um, and also, I, I think Kevin Ali should be the interim head coach for the rest of the season, hopefully when Jock Vaughn is fired. And I think either him or have Mark Jackson this off season, see if it's interesting coaching for the Brooklyn Nets. And when that happens, I think it's going to get turned around. And think about this too. Five years with Mikhail Prokhorov and five years 
with uh, Josiah and Sean Marks. I think time is up for Sean Marks and Josiah. Time for changes. Things are already at worst. It's going to get better. That's all. Let's go Nets. Oh, and by the way, if y'all if y'all the owners of the Brooklyn Nets, what y'all what will y'all do? All right. Let's go Nets. I think I just said what I would do. I I I'd fire Sean. Mar- uh, uh, excuse me. I fire Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn, the coach. I fire Jacques Vaughn, and I would sell. I I'd be. I just be sellers. I just uh, and then and then I just sit on what we'd. I, I'd be. I'd sell the players that are linked to a move away, and I'd resign Claxton. Uh, that's what so, I would do. In my opinion, they've already lost enough games where they're going to lose. Like, even if they end up in the play-in and they make some moves at the deadline and they try and, quote-unquote, salvage the season. And let's say, best-case scenario, they do make the playoffs and win one game. Um, I still don't think that they got to that's, – that's enough to retain Jacques Vaughn. I think they got enough on Jacques Vaughn early on. And, and the players, even though I said, like, you know, uh, Griffin got fired because – of Giannis and Dame, the players get coaches fired. I think Mikael. I uh, Mikael. Did had you actually see? Him. Sorry, did, did you see what happened? At, um, because the Bucks played the Pistons, and it kind of went down to the wire. Like it was a really close game for some reason, but the Bucks ended up winning. But did you see what Brooke Lopez did at the end of the game? He was just saying like "f you, f you, f you." Yeah. I've never seen Brooke Lopez do that before. And you Brooke see the guy on, on the one. bench. But uh, yeah, and send he him back. That. And, and then we see he was the also pissed that that uh, Dame time took that final shot and he didn't yeah. get the shot. I think the play was uh, called for him. <laughs> so this had, I think this had to be, this had to be something with the players. This had to be something with the players. Yeah. So clearly his voice in the locker room wasn't being heard. There's there's powerful people over there, champions over there, all stars over there. Push comes to shove, you're getting pushed out of the door. Now who's powerful in the Nets world? Mikael Bridges. Cam Thomas, maybe not really. Nick Claxton, not really. There's nobody of that ilk. Like, there's nobody with multiple time all stars rings that can be like, "Yo, I don't like this guy. Get him up out of here now." Losing is how you'll move on from Jacques Vaughn. Like Greg said, if fans are showing up saying, "Fire Jacques, fire Jacques," I don't even know how the chant would go. If, if fans are showing up with signs like, you know, "Fire the Jacques Vaughn," then maybe that happens. Um, someone put something in the chat. Yeah, <laughs> no one is firing you when you own the team. I'll tell you this. The Nets also own the New York Liberty. They're not selling. They're not. They're they're here. They're not getting rid of the Liberty Nets. They're not going to have one without the other. That's their building. That's their business. And I do think that Sean Marks is safe. I think that Josiah trusts him so much so that I think Josiah, he doesn't really probably even know half of what's going on. He's taking his word on it. I think he'll helicopter in to be like, uh, trading KD to the Lakers? Absolutely not. But for the most part, I think Nets fans, we are stuck with Jacques Vaughn. We are stuck with Josiah. They're not selling the team. They're not firing the GM. But that doesn't mean they can't get a new head coach. That doesn't mean they can't make some moves at the deadline. That doesn't mean they can't add some new and exciting players. That doesn't mean that in a few years they can't draft their own homegrown talent and be a contender in the Eastern Conference again. All right. Appreciate y'all pulling up, man. We've been running these an hour. Um, You know, got Robin to pull up, got Joel's. Uh, fan appreciation posts in there. We got to make fun of Ben Simmons some more. Uh, I see y'all in the chat continuing with that. <laughs> Said Ben Simmons' new Balenciaga contract is bigger than his NBA bag. That's crazy. He's making a lot of money in the NBA, but I guess he's a a, a model out here too. But yeah, I'll see y'all in Brooklyn tonight. Uh, I'm going to try and slide out there probably right before tip-off. And let's go Nets. We face the Knicks tonight. Last thing I'll say before we close out here. Why can't they beat the Knicks? Um, I think I took a tweet from, what's his name? My guy, uh, Billy, Billy Reinhardt, um, posted this. Let me pull this up before we go. Oh, yeah, where, like, we have lost, like, by a margin of 20 or something like that. Yeah, they're going to be without Isaiah Hartenstein. They've been banged up. Josh Hart's been been banged up. No, where is it? I I guess I took it down. and this is how we'll end in this last uh, minute before we, we close out. Knicks are coming to our building. They think they run shit. Their fans think they run shit, but anybody can get got. So Billy Reinhardt says the Knicks have crushed the Nets in each of the past three meetings. And he posts the margin of victories on December 20th, 19 points. On March 1st of last year, 24 points. 
February uh, 13th of last year, 18 points. Average margin of victory being 20 points would be nice for the Nets just to compete tonight. And I think they have plans on doing that. I think Cam Thomas shows up in a big way tonight, back on his home floor after what he did in L.A. And we know he's turned up on the Knicks in the past. So without further ado, man, let's go Nets. Appreciate everybody that pulled up in the chat. One more time before we go, subscribe and hit like. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, we're working. We're cooking. We're bringing in guests. We're doing these fan features. And we'll be back with the new Talking Nets episode after this game and after the next game. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Robin. Keep McPherson. I'm out of here. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn. <laughs>